everyone. Welcome back to Find Your Resilience with myself, Vanessa Gellin. And on today's episode, I have the lovely Fabiola. She's a previous co-worker of mine at the pediatric hospital that I used to work at. And Fabiola, if you could like to introduce yourself to the listeners, and it looks like you have a lovely pet right here. I if you do. Could your fur friend as well. That would be lovely. <laughs> So this is Gucci. Say hi, Gucci. Oh, okay. We're just going to yawn on camera. All right. Um, my name is Fabiola. Like she said, uh, we are former co-workers. Um, I'm currently a behavioral mental health tech. Um, I also, I'm also a photographer. I have my own photography business. I've been doing that for a couple of years now. Um, and from time to time, I also work with a nonprofit. So I wear many hats. Oh, wow. You got to tell me more about that nonprofit and all that. That sounds great. And your own business. Yeah. But, um, you know, this podcast is about resiliency. So I like to open the floor to those who are willing to be vulnerable and authentic and share, you know, insight on resiliency. So Fabiola, the floor is all yours. You know, feel free to share anything that made you resilient. I know you had a change in your, um, I guess, your studies. At one point you were doing nursing, PA. I know there's been like, you know, family stuff going on. So go ahead, my dear. Yeah. So I always joke around with people and I always say, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. I feel like I've just have always been dealt like these really hard cards throughout my life. I've had a great life, but there's just definitely been some moments where I'm just like, why? <laughs> um, but yeah, so like you mentioned, um, Back in 2016, I was in nursing school for a little bit, and I was doing okay. I was doing okay. It was definitely a, a challenge because um, for the first two years of undergrad, I was in a school where, like, at most, there was, like, maybe, like, 24 students in the classroom. And so then when I was in this nursing program, it was, like, 180 students. And so I was like, whoa, like, this is a big change. I didn't really know anyone. Professors never really knew my name. Um, and so it was a very big change. And so I was doing okay. I wasn't doing great, but I was doing okay. Um, and then about towards the end of the semester, my first semester, um, I was in a three car, uh, accident. It was really bad. My car was totaled. Everyone's car was totaled in that accident. Um, I was actually on my way to class and I was really excited because I was going to be early. We were going to watch a movie. It was going to be a really easy day. Um, and so it was a really bad accident. We all had to go to the hospital. It was just, it was a whole thing. And so because of that, um, I was on painkillers. I had to go to therapy several times throughout the week. And it was just, it was a lot on top of, you know, keeping up with my studies. Um, and so unfortunately I did not pass a very important class. Um, and so I had to basically write a letter to the program saying, hey, like, please give me a second chance. Like, this is what happened. Like, please, like, give me a second chance to come back to the program. Unfortunately, I was denied uh, re-entry, I guess. And so they told me I would have to reapply in a couple of years. Um, and so that was just kind of like a very big thing that I guess I was very unfamiliar with, like the feeling of failure or, you know, something not working out for me growing up I was a straight A student or if I didn't have straight A's I had A's and B's um, I was involved in clubs and volunteering and this and that and so when that happened I was very much taken back and I was like oh my goodness like my life is over 
Um, and so I think for about a week, I just kind of sat in my room, just, I think grieving that because it was just a very new feeling to me. And so after all, I was like, okay, no, like we have to figure out a game plan. Let's figure it out. And so I actually decided to go back to the undergrad school that I was at, the, the smaller one. And I pursued a bachelor's degree in exercise science. And it wasn't until my last year, so my senior year, that I learned about the PA profession. And I was like, oh, I really like this. I like the idea of being a provider. I like the idea of not being attached to one specialty. Like if you want to do a specialty for maybe like a couple of years and then maybe have an interest in a different specialty, you can do that. Um, and so... One thing I definitely do know about myself is I always like to learn something new. Um, if you asked me growing up, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always had a different answer. I want to be a pilot. I want to be a counselor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be in the Navy. It was always something different. Um, and so I'm definitely glad that I learned about that profession just before I graduated. And so I'm currently applying to PA programs in the hopes that I become a PA and get to work in different specialties. Woo-hoo. And you will get in um, with the grace of God. But I'm so sorry you had to go through that car accident and that the school wasn't willing to let you in. That's crazy. Um, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, are you able, are you comfortable talking about the car accident or like what yeah. happened? Was it anyone okay? I know you guys went to the hospital. Yeah, like, so what was the severity of that. It was pretty bad. So I was on my way to school and I was driving. Um, and so I was driving in one direction, and there was this other car coming in the opposite direction, like on the other flow of traffic, the other side of traffic. Um, and I noticed that she was kind of swerving a little bit, and I was just like, okay, no big deal. Maybe she's on her phone, maybe got a little distracted because she went back into her lane. I was like, all right, we're cool, everything's fine. Um, and I remember there was actually like a smaller car next to me and I was just like, okay, like I'm just going to drive a little slower. And so then out of nowhere, she just like swerved out of her lane and like hit me. And so then I spun out of control. And so when she hit me, it was almost like she bounced off of my car and then hit another car. Um, and so I spun, I don't know how many times I spun, but I did spin. Um, I'm actually surprised I didn't hit the car that was next to me, like the one that I had mentioned. Um, but I spun out, she hit the other car. Um, there was no way for me to get out of the car. So I had to crawl out from the passenger side, like the window. So I had to crawl out of that. And that was my first time ever being in an accident. Um, it was my first car. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I remember just standing in the middle of the, the road crying traffic's not moving and I just remember seeing um the car that had hit me like it like there was just a lot of smoke coming out of it and so I was freaking out I was like oh my gosh no one's getting out of these cars what if like someone passed away like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and I'm just there paralyzed crying not not moving breathing really heavy and I remember um this white like working truck that was full of like construction workers they were Hispanic they stopped and they were like, estás bien? And that means, are you okay in Spanish? And I was just like, no. And they're like, it's okay, breathe. Um, I think someone already called an ambulance. Like, like I, we have to go to work, but like, are, are you okay? And I was just like, no, but I, I'm okay here. And they're like, okay, um, 
just be careful. And I was like, yeah. And there was actually like a house next to that road. And this lady came out rushing in like her bathrobe. And she was like, oh my gosh, honey, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I, I just crashed and no one's getting out of the car. Um, and so eventually she walked me over to like the sidewalk just so I wasn't in the middle of the road anymore. And uh, paramedics arrived. Um, a fire truck actually had to be called because the guy that was the second car to get hit, his leg was actually stuck in the door. So they had to cut the door open to get him out. Um, and then the lady that hit us, she was overall okay. She was diabe diabetic, if I remember correctly. And so um, she was overall okay. Um, and so I had to ride the ambulance with her and she never apologized or said, sorry or you know like this happened or blah 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 like there was just no communication there um and it actually turned out that her insurance had expired six days before that accident yeah so then I had to start all like the whole legal process after that on top mm -hmm. of taking care of myself on top of figuring out you know what am I going to do now that I'm not like in nursing school anymore my goodness, Fabio, yeah. that sounds so traumatic. How did you cope after that? One, you're probably freaking out like, oh, my God, I need to go back to school, but I can't because of your physical health. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you did you get any therapy at some <sighs> point regarding that? Or how did you bounce back? So I didn't actually go to therapy. My, I think like the biggest person that I relied on was like my mom. She was like, OK, you know, we're, we're just going to figure this out. Um, and so there were a couple nights where I would go downstairs and I would cry to her and I'm like, why is this happening to me? Why me? Like, I was just on my way to school doing what I was supposed to do. Why me? Like, I should be a nurse in two years. Like, why? Now it almost feels like I'm starting from zero. Like, why me? Um, and so there was definitely a lot of long nights where, where I had to go to her just because I, I felt like such a failure. And like I said, it was just a very unfamiliar feeling because all my life I was doing everything right. I was, you know, going to school. I had perfect attendance. I was getting the good grades, volunteering, doing clubs, this and that. I was doing everything right. Um, so it just, it definitely felt a lot. Um, but when I did go back to the previous school that I had attended before I started the nursing program, um, I actually made a bunch of new friends and re like I guess rekindled like friendships that I had left behind and so they were a big support um when I switched I guess my majors to exercise science I had really awesome professors that were really supportive and um they really opened doors for me at one point I had interest in doing occupational therapy and I remember I remember I had this professor that was like oh my goodness I think I know someone from a program I think she can like come and talk to the class um, if this is something that, you know, you want to learn about, like, I can make this happen. I was like, yes. Um, so I definitely have the support of, of professors and, and the new friends I've made. You know, I do believe when one door closes, another door opens. So it seems like, you know, you were able to find light from the situation and it led you to a different path. Mm -hmm. um, life is um, life is good at that. And um, I guess what made you transition from nursing to PA now? So I definitely always had this interest in, I guess, like the human body. Like, it's just so fascinating to me that there's just so many different moving parts. Um, and so when I was taking anatomy, that was something I like was really fascinated about. I was just like, this, this is really cool. Um, anytime we had lab, 
I was just like, ooh, what are we dissecting today? Uh, so I, I definitely had an interest in the human body and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll pursue something in healthcare. Um, and I've always been known to be a person that cares a lot. I'm a very empathetic person. I, I just, I care. I care about people feeling good. Um, and so I was like, okay, I definitely want to stick to something in healthcare. And so when I learned about the PA profession, what, like I said, I, I really liked the whole idea of like not being tied down to one specialty because I like to learn. I, I get excited to learn. And so when I learned that that's something you can do in the profession, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Because if I want to do dermatology for a couple of years, I can do that. If I want to work in oncology for a couple of years, I can do that. If I want to work in pediatrics for a couple of years, I can do that. Um, and so that's just, that's something that like excites me about the profession. And uh, I guess the basic, like the main reason why I want to do PA. That's cool. Do you know what specialty you want to start off with? Uh, dermatology. Uh, oh. I have this, I guess, interest in learning more about like skin cancer and knowing how we can talk more about it. Um, I'm Mexican American. Uh, my parents are both from Mexico. They immigrated here when they were like teenagers. Uh, there's a trend. Um, but, uh, my dad works in construction and so he's always out in the sun, always out in the heat. And my mom's always been the person to tell him like, put on sunscreen, make sure you're in layers, make sure you're covering up. Um, and a lot of my family, like my uncles, cousins also work in construction. And I feel like it's just not a conversation that, that is, uh, happening, I guess, within my family of like, Hey, like, are you like making sure you're getting yourself tested? You know, are you making sure you're checking out for any weird spots or any weird marks? Um, are you putting on sunscreen? Um, and so I think it's definitely something that sparked an interest, like, oh, like I want to learn more about that, but I also want to be more of like an advocate um, within like the Latino community and, and have these conversations. And I guess, you know, find a way to make it, I guess, more accessible to get these tests done and, you know, help out the community. Speaking about dermatology, I was like, oh, I need to find one since I moved. Um, but that's awesome. Sounds like you have a great future ahead of you, Fabiola. Um, and I know when one thing doesn't work, you'll find something else out. But touching on the t subject of, you know, this badnet culture of yours, I kind of wanted to delve into mental health. I know yes. you said you're a behavioral mental health tech. And I know for me, I mean, I speak about this on my podcast, how like in the Caribbean household, it's taboo to speak about mental health. I don't know. Do you find that to be the same in the Hispanic culture as far as talking about feelings, emotions, getting therapy? Um, a little bit. Um, thankfully, I feel like I've been blessed to be in a family that maybe they don't really understand like what depression or anxiety or XYZ looks like but they support it. They're like, you know what, if, if you need me, I am here. I don't know what it means, but I'm here. Um, so I think I've been very blessed to be in that kind of position where I do have that support. Um, with other family members, they, they might need to sit down sometimes and, and explain a few things. There, there was this one situation where, or I guess this one period in my life where I was dealing with depression and um, I went to this small family gathering and I was saying hi to everyone. And there was this one particular family member that I was saying hi to. And the first thing she told me was, you have some really dark circles. She was just like, 
I tell my daughter all the time that she needs to be going to sleep early and blah, 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 and taking care of herself. And I just remember looking and I was like, okay. I was like, this woman has no idea that I'm dealing with this stuff, that I've been crying all day, um, that it took a lot for me to just even like come to this gathering. Um, she she has no idea. And so I no longer talk to this family member, but I that was definitely like an eye-opening experience. I was like, okay not everyone gets it or not everyone thinks about these other things that could be happening in someone's life. And so um, I've definitely have never been like ashamed or felt any like embarrassment to like talk about mental health. I think it's something that we should be talking about more. Um, I'll bring it up to my friends like, hey, I can't make it to the thing because I have my therapy session in an hour. Uh, or Oh, my therapist told me about this one coping mechanism and it's been working out for me. Um, do you want to know more about it? So I, I try to like weave it into my conversations and normalize it. Um, sorry, I'm going to go off my charger. Um, but I, I definitely try my best to, to normalize it because not a lot of people will talk about it. And I feel like we should be talking about it. Well, thank I you, agree. And it sounds like you're getting help. You said you're in therapy, correct? Yes. Um, I've been going to therapy for a couple of months now. Um, she's great. I do virtual therapy. It's the first for me and um, it's been going really well. Okay, that's good. I mean, you might not feel comfortable sharing this, but like what made you want to do therapy? What made me want to do therapy? Or um, going yeah. to therapy, was there a reason? Yes. So last year I believe it was last year I went through a pretty bad breakup um my relationship of four and four and a half something years ended um it didn't end on good terms um it just it was just not good it was very toxic um lots of narcissistic behaviors it was just it was not good um and so I was more anxious. I was depressed. Um, and there was this one point where I, I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't want to eat. I didn't even want to shower. I didn't want to get out. I didn't want to do anything. I was just tied to my bed. Um, and so it got really bad. And so after about maybe a month of that going on, I told myself, no, like I have to get help. Um, and so I started seeing a therapist and it's been the best thing ever. Oh, good for you. I'm glad yeah. you're getting the help you need. Do you like your therapist? Yeah, she's awesome. And she's good. also Hispanic. And so okay. she relates to me in like a lot of different ways about understanding, like, I guess the little quirks of being Hispanic. That's good. Um, are you currently, I mean, I don't, you don't have to share this if you don't want to, but like, are you on any medicine for like your mood? So I'm not on any medicine. Uh, I've never felt the need that I need to get on medicine. I feel like just therapy alone has been really helpful and really beneficial to me. And I've definitely learned really good coping mechanisms that when I do feel anxious or when I do maybe like start feeling some type of way, I'm like, no, let's let's use our coping mechanisms and let's do things that make us happy and that we like. Um, and so just therapy at the moment. Fabiola, have you ever considered taking any medications for your mood? I have not. Well, I have, okay. I considered it, but I have found 
be just enough to be good. Um, I have, though, thought about getting on medications for ADHD. Um, it is a conversation I had with my previous therapist who said, well, you know, let me put you in that category. Okay. Um, and so she asked me a couple questions. She was like, well, you were off by one to be considered um, someone with ADHD. And I was like, okay. And she was just like, you know, do you want me to refer you out to um, a psychiatrist, you know, to look further into this? Or, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, you yeah, know, like, I'll just, you know, like, we, we won't go that route. I'll just, you know, maybe I'm I'm just bad at, like, time management. Blah, blah, blah. Like, we'll, we'll figure out something. Um, but now I feel like it's gotten a little worse. And so it is something that I've been meaning to bring up with my therapist and say, Hey, I think, I think I might need a referral. So I, that's the only medication I've been really considering. But as far as like, uh, the depression and anxiety side of that, I feel like therapy has been really helpful. Okay. That's good. Um, medication is not always, you know, first line it's therapy so i'm glad you're doing therapy and if you feel like at any time you know therapy is no longer helping then medication could be an adjunct but yeah for adhd there are you know people that do testing and stuff like that so hopefully get a good referral yeah um but fabiola this was great um do you have any other stories of resiliency you'd like to share i know you mentioned to me in the past about like family health issues. I don't know if that's something you are willing to share. Yeah, definitely. So um, 2019, um, July 11th of 2019, my mom was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, and so being the oldest one or being the oldest uh, of three, I really had to put my big girl pants on and you're going to figure this out because mom's going to have to get a surgery and that's going to, you know, that's going to be a whole process and she's not going to be able to, you know, be, I guess, quote unquote, like one of the heads of the household. Like I the you know, put on my big girl pants on. And so she got her surgery done about a month after that. And so it took her quite a while to get back on her feet and start walking cooking, start driving, doing all of that. Um, but when she did have the surgery, it was just kind of like of a shock. I was like, oh my goodness, I've never seen my mom in this kind of state before. And I remember I was, you know, driving up and down to and from the house and the hospital, but also going to school because I was just starting a semester. Well, it was my last semester grad. Um, so it was a lot. It was also making sure that my brother was catching his bus in the mornings because he was in he was just starting middle school, I believe. Um, and so it was just, it was a lot making sure bills were taken care of. And I remember this one night I was grabbing dinner for myself. I was in a Chick-fil-A parking lot and out of nowhere, I just had a panic attack. I could not breathe. I just felt like I had zero control and I was like, Oh my goodness. And I just started like hyperventilating and crying really bad and I could not stop. And, um, I tried reaching out to a couple people, but it was, I think it was like 10 a night. So not a lot of people were like available. And um, thankfully one person answered and it was this girl that I had just met in undergrad. And she was like, where are you? I will drive to you right now. Um, and so she drove to me in the middle of the night and we just sat in the car and I just cried and let it out. And 
she was like, I think you just had a panic attack. And I was like, I've never had one before. Um, and so I think that was just like a very pivotal moment. Um, where I was like, okay, I need to be taking care of myself because this is a lot. Um, and so, um, me and my sister were sharing the responsibilities of taking my mom, taking care of my mom and taking care of my family. Um, but I was also trying to find opportunities for me to go out on walks, um, getting food that I like, um, I also got my dog Gucci, so he was also a big, big help um, in helping with like cope with all these things that I had going on. Um, and so it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. And um, yeah. Wow, that's a lot of baggage. Oh my goodness. How old were you when that, when all this happened? I was, so this was in 2019. It's now 2003. 22, 23. Okay, so I mean, you're young, still young. How's your mom doing now? She's doing a lot better. Um, she now goes to Zumba every day. Good. Doing really good. She does have just like minor things here and there where like maybe she'll get like a little dizzy from time to time or she doesn't really like driving late at night. Um, she does have like this ringing in her ear that comes out of nowhere. Um, but they're all just very compared to having like a big old tumor in the brain. Um, so I'm really blessed that you know she's doing a lot better because she was using a cane when she walked out of the hospital. She was in a wheelchair, in physical therapy. Um, I had to give her baths, like in bed. Like it was just zero to one hundred over the past mm -hmm. couple. Of years. Um, and then this panic attack. I'm glad you had a friend that was able to you know help you with your emotions um I guess what do you think caused this panic attack I know you're dealing with a lot of stress I think it was just the overwhelming amount of stress of I just started school my mom just had surgery my brother just started school as well um, my sister had actually graduated a couple months um, before all that she graduated in the spring and so she was definitely left with the decision of, okay, should I be looking for work um, opportunities or should I you know, stay at home and help my mom out while my sister is finishing up her um, And so I definitely felt like I had that weight on my shoulders as well because she really did took on, take on that responsibility of staying at home while I was at school uh, when she could have been, you know, looking for work. Uh, and so I, I just definitely, all of that all of it and my body was just like we are gonna let it out we let it out on a chick-fil-a parking lot and that's a-okay mm -hmm. sometimes you have to release all those emotions um i guess when life is lifing and you're dealing with a lot of stress what are some things that help you get through the day like, um, what are your coping strategies i guess yeah so when it is life in um i like to um go on walks with my dog i i find nature to be very therapeutic so anytime i'm outside um i feel like a thousand times better um but if i'm at work uh, i will try to take my lunch outside like a big nature kind of person so if i can i'll try to take my lunch outside um i won't take the elevators i'll take the stairs exercise has also been a really big thing so i'll just take the stairs even if it's four floors i will take them. 
upstairs. Um, and then, you know, getting myself food that I like. And then if I have time after work, I'll go to the driving range and, um, hit a couple golf balls. I've learned that I really like golf. So, um, a really cool thing to do as of lately. Yeah. Golf. I think I need, well, I'm in West Palm now, so there's nothing but country clubs and golf, um, places everywhere. So I need to learn, but, um, I guess for those who are struggling and don't see light at the end of the tunnel, what's some advice you would tell them? Oh, so I remember I saw a quote or a video or something on Instagram, and it is saying that I tell myself all the time, if whatever's in front of you just like too much, like it's just a lot, just look at that one step. That's it. Just look at that one step in front of you. And once you've taken that step, you choose to take the following step. And if that's just too much, at least you took one step that day. Feeling things to do. And I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just focus on this one thing. Maybe it's a small thing. Maybe it's just taking the trash out or, you know, doing chores. Let's just do that and see how you feel afterwards. And usually when you do something small, you, you feel like you, you accomplish something. And then you want to do another thing. Um, and so I feel like that's something that's definitely worked out for me. Um, there's another quote that I tell myself often. Let me see if I can phrase it exactly how it's supposed to be. But the past is the past and the future is the future. You're in the present and you should think of it as a gift. It's a present. Um, and so you should be, yeah. So you should definitely try to live in the present. It's a present. The past is in the past. You don't have the future. Live in what you are in right now. Um, and what else? I like, There's I like both a lot of them. Have helped me. And I think that, like the the one about the stuff was something that that's definitely helped me. Because um, it, it does feel overwhelming sometimes. You know, no one really teaches you how to be an adult, um, right? And it's just it's a lot. And so, like you know, if I just get one thing done. We we can figure out the rest. It's doable, and it's okay to ask for help. Um, like I said, I'm a huge advocate for like going to therapy and stuff like that. Or you have to let like, out to a friend in the middle of the night and talk to them. You know, do it. There is no shame in that. Um, I always have my ringer on. I tell my friends, hey, if you need me, please do not hesitate to call or text me. I would rather listen to your problems now than you feeling a thousand times worse a week later or, you know, some something else more severe. Um, and so I always make sure I tell my friends here for y'all I'm here for you um and thankfully I feel like I have a good friend group that also reciprocates that that you know like hey Fabi if you're feeling good you can reach out to us and I think it's definitely important to to find your people um because that is your child and mm-hmm. you need to ask for help life is hard life be lifing and well, tell me about it and it can be so overwhelming, you know, if you're like just thinking about all the problems that you have, it's like you're just going to crash. So I love what you said, basically one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was great, Fabiola. You are so resilient. This is why you're on Find Your Resilience. Um, I know your future is bright and you just have a lot ahead going for you and tell us about your business too I guess how can people find you like yeah. regarding photography yeah so 
been doing photography for a couple of years. Um, at first, it just kind of started with, I just want a camera. I want a camera. And um, I remember growing up, my mom would buy me, like, those little, like, um, film cameras from, like, Kmart. I don't know if people still remember what Kmart is. Uh, but it's kind of like Walmart. But my mom would always get me, like, those, like, cheap little film cameras. And I would just always take pictures around the house, like, of a lamp or something. But I always just enjoyed having little cameras. Um, and then in high school, anyone like that wanted like their pictures taken, like I would take their phone and be like, yes, I got you. Let's, let's try this angle. Let's try that. So I've always had this interest in photography. And so, um, I remember, I don't remember what year it was, but I was saving my money and on Black Friday, there was a really nice camera that was going to be on sale. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do it. And so I bought it and I was just taking pictures of like trees, animals and just random thing um and then I remember this friend of mine that I went to high school with she reached out she was like hey I'm pregnant and I want some maternity pictures taken can you take them for me and I was like whoa whoa, whoa. I've never taken pictures of a person before like I, I I don't know she was just like well you can use me as practice I'm gonna pay you I was like oh okay um so that moment forward I kind of started a business without wanting to start a business it just kind of happened on its own um I love it I've met so many really awesome people and I've learned about so many different like culture culture and practices I just I love meeting people so it's been really cool it's taken me to like really cool places um but you can find my photography page on Instagram it is it's a very interesting name but it is photos, Flores. So it is F O T O S X, Flores F L R E S. Um, and I do um, just like lifestyle, fraternity, graduation, family, um, branding, headshots, a little bit of everything. Oh, that's awesome! Oh my goodness, you you're a jack of all trades. You're doing and doing it all. <laughs> With a smile on your face. <laughs> You're so cute. Oh, well, guys, this was Fabiola. I hope you've learned something from her today. She's a very, very resilient. It was a pleasure, guys. Take care. And thank you for listening to Find Your Resilience. Thank you for having me.